Hey friends, this is Andrea Martin here with the fourth episode of You Heal With Help. I actually thought that last week was the fourth, but time flies when you're having fun. (laughs) So I decided I was going to read maybe one more story before I switch over to doing something else. I keep saying I'm going to do that, um, but who knows where the Lord will lead. But as I'm looking through the different stories, hmm, I'm actually doing this right now as we speak, just trying to decide, you know, let's do Mary, the mother of Jesus. Because she was just obviously one of the most well-known women. And I just really enjoyed writing the story of the crucifixion through her eyes. And I don't know, it might just help you to see, you know, what Jesus did a little bit differently. And we'll we'll talk a little bit more about that once I'm done. So Mary of Nazareth. Many people already know my story. But I feel like I've never gotten to tell it from my point of view. Sure, a lot of important people wrote it down, but it's my story to tell. I think it is only fair that I share my side. The day the angel came to me changed my life forever. I'll admit that I was scared. I went from being a young girl, anticipating her wedding day, to expecting a child before I was married. That's backward, right? I mean, I'm supposed to be married and then have a child. God knows all and I won't question his ways. But how was I supposed to explain this to Joseph? I go to him in a public setting so no one can accuse us of being in sin before our wedding. I explain everything the angel said to me and he shouts, what? Oh, great. Now everyone is looking. I speak to him in a low whisper, Joseph, you have to believe me. I haven't cheated on you. Holy Spirit gave me this baby and he is the son of God. He looks at me angrily and says, well, if he is God's son, then how can he be mine? I need some time to think about this. And then he walked away. There goes my future, leaving me behind. God, I sure hope Joseph is a part of your plan. He is my protection in this. Please open his eyes to what you are doing. The next day, Joseph came back to me. An angel came to me too. It's going to be okay. He hugs me tight and all I can think is, thank you, God. He starts walking and talking at the same time. We need to move up the wedding to right away. I won't have anyone believing you did anything wrong in this, Joseph says, and then he stops walking, turns around, and looks at me. We can't be together until after the baby is born. When I don't touch you, know that I am honoring God, not neglecting you. Little did he know that that was a bit of a relief. Don't get me wrong, I longed to be with him, but I was scared. It was going to be my first time and I just didn't know what to expect. It's time for the census and the government has required that we all return to our origins. Joseph and I have to go back to the town of Bethlehem. 
and I am super pregnant. I could give birth any day now. On top of all of that, I'm so large and uncomfortable and I have to ride on a camel. I'm not looking forward to this, but we'd have to do what we have to do. On the way there, I feel something weird going on. I ignore it for most of the trip, but just as we are getting into the city of Bethlehem, a gush of water comes down my legs and a sharp pain almost knocks me over. Joseph, I think it's time. We start our search, going from end to end, trying to find a place to stay. There were no vacancies because of the census. Joseph, honey, I need a place and fast. I will not have this baby on a camel. After searching for as long as I could stand to, one kind man offered us his stable. Yep, that's right. We had to sleep and have a baby in an animal's home. I'm almost certain some of these animals have given birth before. They looked at me as if they knew what was happening and felt sorry for me too. They kept their distance and just watched. It was a little weird. I mean, I've always dreamed of having an animal-themed nursery, but this was not what I had in mind. After hours of labor, my baby was born. We named him Jesus, which means Savior. I just stared at his perfect little face, knowing that he was so much more than I could have ever imagined. If anyone ever asks, Mary, did you know? Tell them yes. Yes, I knew. Our time together after that went fast. I treasured every moment with Jesus. He was truly amazing. He didn't act much differently than the other kids, except for he never got in trouble. Jesus was a good boy, minded all of his manners and followed the rules. He got along with all of the other kids. He and his cousin John would play together from time to time. I would watch them and wonder if they would remember each other when they grew older. People seemed to listen to Jesus when he spoke, even older people. I've always known that this wouldn't last forever, but no one could ever prepare me for what was to come. Things changed between Jesus and me as he got older. I wrote it off as typical teenager stuff. He needed his space and independence, whatever that means. I tried not to hover, but one day he went missing and I couldn't find him anywhere. Joseph and I searched and searched and we finally found him teaching a crowd of people. He was so good with his words. I called for him so that I could rebuke him for worrying us. He acted as if he didn't even know me, much less give me an explanation. I was so upset, but Joseph consoled me. He's grown up, Mary. He's becoming a man. We need to let him after all. He's not just any man. He's the son of God. I knew Joseph was right. It was just hard for my heart to handle it all. I mean, how does one just let go of their child? What I didn't know is that soon, I would have to let go in an even harder way. It was Passover feast day and tensions were high. Jesus had been performing miracles everywhere he went and the religious people were angry. I never could understand why. Our whole lives we've talked about the Messiah that was coming, and now he is finally here and they can't get over themselves enough to embrace him. 
I can understand that most people question the validity of this miraculous claims. But after Jesus rose Lazarus from the dead, everyone should have believed in Jesus as Messiah. Do you know what I think? I think they were afraid that they would no longer have power and money if a new leader arose. Not long after Passover dinner, Jesus had gone off with his friends to pray. He did this often, so I had no reason to be concerned. Martha and I were cleaning up the dishes and food that was left on the table. She always complained that her sister Mary didn't do enough work. So I would try to show her that I was willing to help. Suddenly, Lazarus barges through the door. Mary, Mary, they have arrested Jesus, he shouted with tears running down his face. They planned to have him crucified. My eyes grew wide and I remembered something Jesus said to me once. Mother, when I am older and it's time to let me go, just let me. It must be done. I didn't understand until now. Lazarus interrupted my thoughts. We can't see him until tomorrow when he goes before Pilate. The next 24 hours go by in slow motion. It was like I was walking through a blurry tunnel with muffled voices that were shouting. I couldn't see, I couldn't hear, and I couldn't taste anything but my tears. It was all just so unbelievable. I don't remember much of the process leading up to his death. Momentarily, I snap back to reality and I find myself standing at the feet of Jesus, hanging on the cross. This may seem odd, but I found myself there, standing before my Lord, watching him suffer and die, was where I figured out who I was. I will never forget every single detail of watching him die. My eyes were closed and I hear nothing but my heart beating in my head. I can barely breathe. Tears are flooding down my face and I'm sitting there trying to pry my eyes open, not knowing if I can bear what I will see. I open them, but all I can see is water. After the tears flood out of my eyes, the blurriness goes away and what I see is nothing short of horrific. I close my eyes again. Why can't he just stop this? Why can't he just climb down and finish this? I know he is able. My heart is breaking. I open my eyes again. This time I saw him. Not his ripped apart body, but his face. Behind all of the smears and stains of death, I see his warm brown eyes. They look sad, but somehow behind the sadness, I see a flickering flame. I could see that love was fueling a fire within him. We lack eyes for a moment, and I don't see his mouth move, but I hear him say, I love you. I turn to the left and right to see if someone next to me said it, but all I heard and saw were screaming people. I look up at him again, just in time to hear him say, it is finished. And then he died. Just like that, they took my son from me. I collapsed to the ground and wept bitterly. All of a sudden, something within me calms. 
A peace floods my inner being and I lift my head. I knew this was the only the beginning. There's more to this story that I hadn't been told. I pick up the pieces of myself and rise. Somehow I know that in time, everything will be better than before. Two days went by. I had a flood of close friends and family coming and going. My emotions were all over the place. One moment my heart would hurt from missing my son so much and the next moment I would have hope that I will see him again. I couldn't go to his tomb. I didn't want to remember him that way, stuck in a cold cave. I wanted to remember him alive. That's how I see him when I sleep. He is alive and strong and doing the work of God. I keep having this dream of him going and snatching keys away from this dark, ugly monster. Afterward, he goes to heaven and sits on a king's throne. That's how I want to remember him. Three days after he was crucified, a voice from heaven woke me up saying, and on the third day. Later that day, Mary Magdalene was beating down my door. It's Jesus, he's alive. I hurried to the door and let her in. What are you saying, O? I called her O, it was short for other Mary. She grabs my shoulders and says, Mary, your son is alive. My jaw dropped and I sat there for a moment. My dreams were true. I wanted to remember him alive because he is. I jumped up and hurried to get my cloak. Where is he, O? She looked up at me and said, I'm not sure. The last time I saw him was outside of his tomb. I went there earlier today and the tomb was empty. Upset, I went to grab Peter. A couple of us went to investigate the empty tomb again and he still wasn't there. I was so distraught that I fell and wept. The others left to go handle some things, but I stayed. I stayed, Mary. It was because I stayed a little longer that I was able to see him. I saw Jesus. She began to cry again. I didn't recognize him at first. He's changed, but still our Jesus. I hurry to gather my things and I say, oh, let's go find him. We rushed out of the house and started towards the tomb. On the way there, we had heard several people talking in the streets and one by one, they began running in the same direction. We decided to follow them and I thank God that we did. There was Jesus. He still had marks on his hands and feet, but he was the most beautiful person I have ever seen. Hundreds of people were gathered. He looked over at me and smiled. He spoke of a place he had to go, but that he would come back again at the right time. He told us he was leaving his Holy Spirit with us to help us and guide us. Then he left, just as quick as he came. He went up into the sky. I bet to sit on that throne in my dreams. O looked over at me. Are you sad that he didn't come to you? I smiled and looked back at her. Oh, it was never about me. He taught me that early on in his life and I would never want it to be. I know he loves me very much, but I never want anyone to think that I am important in all of this. God gave me all of the exaltation I needed by allowing me to bring him into this world. I wouldn't want anyone, not even my own son, to exalt me any other way. Whew, I love that story too. <laughs> 
I know it's my book, guys, but I'm telling you, every time I read it, it's like I read it for the first time. It's it's almost like God himself wrote this book and I was just his hands. <sighs> so my favorite part about this story was just the fact that she, as his mother, didn't want anyone to elevate her into a place that was any higher than what she, what she felt she should have been. And I just think that's so important too. And then of course, the way she heard Jesus say, I love you, even though his mouth never moved. And that was just such a implication that the act of him dying on the cross was him saying, I love you. And if you think about it, we can all take that and receive that for ourselves, that what he did by taking on our sin and our shortcomings and being brutally beaten and crucified so that we can be made clean and that we could have a chance to receive him as the Lord of our life and have eternity in heaven with God. I mean, that is such a huge deal. So I want to encourage you if that's something that you've never had a revelation of before, it's something that you've never done is confess the Lord Jesus as your savior. That it's a very simple thing. You just make a decision, a true decision with your heart and by faith receive salvation. And all you have to do is just say, Lord, forgive me for my sins. I receive you as the Lord of my life, Jesus. And that's it. God will send you his Holy Spirit to lead you and guide you and comfort you. He will help you along the way. He'll put the right people and places in your path so that you can continue to develop and grow in his word and in his truth. And you've put your name in the book of life just by saying, I receive Christ as my Lord. So I hope that blessed y'all today. I don't know what I'll come up with for next week. I'm going to be in prayer about it. Who knows? I might read another story. I might start talking about some other things. This broadcast is called You Heal With Help because it's just about community and coming alongside each other and teaching each other about what the word of God says and how he views us. Um, and it's also just to encourage people to bring, to have healing, to grow closer to God. Uh, if you're interested in this book, it's called This Is My Story by Andrea Martin. I'm sure there are other titles with that. So look for the cover with lit up butterflies and a book on the front. You can get it on Amazon in paperback and Kindle and Barnes and Noble in the hardcover. Thank you so much for listening and supporting this podcast. And I hope to talk to you soon. Bye.